the longing of our hearts uh, here tonight. And thank you, Miss Brianna, for that. And I was noticing as Brianna came up here with Miss Jacqueline, Miss Jacqueline, she, you're the shorty now. And she passed you. Isn't that something? Wow. Time gets away uh, here. Let's take our Bibles uh, tonight to the book of Numbers, uh, chapter number 16, Numbers 16. And uh, we are in the wilderness uh, with the children of Israel, the wilderness journeys of the children of Israel. And uh, we uh, went through chapter 14 where the children of Israel rebelled against God and they did not obey the, the Lord, did not enter into the promised land at the commandment of the Lord. They have been turned now back into the wilderness. And as we come back into the wilderness tonight, we're going to deal with rebellion in the wilderness. And uh, this is a heart problem, a heart issue that all of us have to deal with. Uh, first, uh, or excuse me, Numbers chapter 16, the first part of the chapter. If you find your place, let's stand as we read together the, the Word of God this evening. And uh, so I appreciate, I uh, do not take lightly, your presence and your faithfulness here. Uh, just each and every service and means so very much. And uh, as you come uh, day by day to the house of God to hear the word of God, the right place here uh, to be. Uh, Numbers chapter 16, we're going to begin here in verse number 1. And it reads, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, and sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And really this entire chapter deals with the rebellion of the children of Israel. So we're looking at this rebellion in the wilderness. I'd like you to join me tonight and let's go to the Lord in prayer and you pray tonight. We so need the Lord and you ask him tonight for his help and that he would help us tonight to be good listeners and that we would put the word of God into application this evening. Father, thank you uh, tonight for the, the wonderful privilege here to just come to church, to be here in this place at this time. And Lord, I pray that our attention would be turned to you and to your word tonight. And Lord, that you would use your word, that you would challenge our hearts. And Lord, here this evening, you know the heart of each individual. And I pray, God, that you would search our hearts and know our hearts. And Lord, lead us in the way everlasting, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. And as you're uh, seated uh, tonight, I want to, to just give um, a couple of, of introductory thoughts. And in the book of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, where Saul disobeyed God or rebelled against God, Samuel approached King Saul and he said to him in verse 23 of 1 Samuel 15, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And he said, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. As we study the Word of God, God always deals very severely with rebellion. And as we look at the Word of God, rebellion started with Satan in the garden, or actually before the garden. And we read of Satan that in pride he exalted himself above God 
and wanted to be as God. And as a result, uh, Satan in his rebellion against God will be cast ultimately into the pits of hell forever and ever. Uh, Satan has instigated rebellion in the heart of man. And we go back to the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve rebelled against God with the eating of the forbidden fruit and then cast out of the garden and experiencing death. And then in Genesis chapter 6, we see that man's rebellion reached a pinnacle. And I read from Genesis chapter 6 where the Bible says God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. He said, both men and beast and the creeping thing and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now we find a, a man that his sinful heart is rebellious at its very core. And every one of us in this auditorium would have to give testimony of, at times, a rebellious heart. At times, a heart that disobeyed God, a heart that disobeyed our parents, a heart that hates to be submissive and under authority. We struggle in obeying God, and we struggle in submitting to God-ordained authority. Uh, why is it that children sometimes have uh, trouble obeying their parents? Why do wives find it hard to be submissive unto a husband? And why sometimes church members, we don't like to obey those spiritual authorities that God places over us. And sometimes workers, we tend to rebel against the bosses. And citizens hate government. And on and on it goes because man is rebellious at his very core. Numbers chapter 16 illustrates for us the rebellion of man. And we see here a live illustration in our wilderness journeys as we walk through this life, as we journey through this life on our way to the promised land. We find in that journey we have to deal with our own rebellious heart. We have to day by day die to self that we might live unto the Lord. We have to allow the Spirit of God to build in us a heart of humility and submission to the Lord. I think of uh, Philippians chapter 2, and this is what the Lord has exhorted us. Uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." And so here tonight, we're going to look at this aspect in, in number 16, and I think a, a lot of help for us here tonight in just practical, everyday life. want to go back and, and read with me here uh, Numbers chapter, uh, number 16, verses 1 and 2, and, and we, hear, we see here the rebellion of some key men in the Bible. And it reads in, in verse 1, now Korah the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And so we have here this rebellion, and we have here the, the fellowship of this rebellion. Notice they, they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. 
rebellion never acts alone. Well, you find here uh, of Korah and Dathan and Abiram. They did not act alone. Uh, here they rebelled against Moses and they gathered together some of the men of renown, some of the chief of the congregation, and they had them in affiliation with themselves, allies in their rebellion. And from the beginning, it has been so. I almost guarantee you, when you have been rebellious, you didn't do so alone. We find when Satan rebelled against God, he brought a third of the angels with him. And then he deceived Eve and infected the human race. We find the book of Proverbs, and I want you to keep your place here in number 16, but take your Bible to, to Proverbs with me for just a moment. And we have uh, throughout the book of Proverbs this, this strong warning, this teaching uh, that rebellion likes fellowship. It never acts alone. In the book of uh, Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1, here's the father. And this father is exhorting his son in verse number 10. He says, my son, in Proverbs 1 verse number 10, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Then notice this, if they say, come with us. Here's that fellowship of rebellion. Come with us. Let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. Here's the father. He says, my son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Now turn forward to Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs 4. I'll give you just a few examples here. Uh, there are many we could examine in the book of Proverbs. In verse 13, Proverbs 4, his father says, Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. And then he states, Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away. But notice this, unless they cause some to fall. This uh, father is expressing to his son, he said, Son, uh, sinners will seek to entice thee. Uh, they're going to seek to cause you to follow the wrong path or to stray from the path of God. And he says, enter not into their path. And he says, in fact, that they will not sleep until they have caused others to join them or they have caused some to fall. And that's the strong warning or the strong exhortation of it. So beware, this father says of his son. Now, when Absalom rebelled against King David, he secretly stole the hearts of the children of Israel and then moved the hearts away from David, and then moved those hearts and souls to rebel against the king. Uh, it's been my observation just dealing with, uh, at work and church and dealing with youth groups and Christian schools, and uh, rebellion never acts alone. There's always the effort to bring along with it fellowship, uh, working at the lumber yard. I had uh, an occasion where one uh, worker, fellow worker, tried to stir up uh, the crowd or the other workers 
against the boss and kind of interesting. And before the boss, he would speak very positively, but behind the back of the boss, he would speak very negatively. And I learned very quickly to get away. You stay away when others are speaking negatively of authority. I was at a, at a church in Oklahoma while I was in, in college, and there was one disgruntled church member that tried to bring others on board to overthrow the pastor and eventually succeeded in basically causing a, a very major split in that congregation. It was a Christian school in Oklahoma that uh, we had one student that tried to lead a rebellion, basically of bad attitudes. And it was kind of interesting. You could see very quickly that birds of a feather would flock together. And uh, you could see those students that had somewhat of a rebellious heart. They were led astray. And uh, it was interesting to watch. And it, had it, it would have been a disaster had it not been for one young man that took a strong stand against the rebellion. And by the way, that young man is today pastoring and very successfully uh, and much being used of God to this day. Uh, rebellion always seeks to bring others on board. Let me just insert here just some practical teachings, some practical thoughts. When somebody entices you against a God-given authority, you take a stand. You do right. You don't need to join. Uh, the book of Proverbs exhorts, get away, stand up, uphold your authority, uphold those that God has placed over you. That's the fellowship here of rebellion. Now look back at Numbers chapter 16, and you'll notice here the attacks of rebellion. This is how rebellion will work in verse number 3. The Bible says they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And they said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Now they attacked God's appointed authority. Uh, rebellion tries to remove itself from the one rightfully in charge. Uh, rebellious children rise up against parents. They don't want to submit. They don't want to obey. Rebellious church members rise up against God's authority. Rebellious wives will not submit to their husbands. And on and on this principle goes of rebellion. And the real issue is not rebellion against authority. As we look at this scripture, the real issue is rebellion against God. And so you'll notice here with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, Moses and Aaron were not the real issue. Uh, skip down with me to verse number 11. In verse number 11, the Bible reads, For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together, and here's the, the real key, against the Lord. And he says, And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? When the congregation rose up against Moses and rose up against Aaron, their real issue was a rebellion against the Lord. It was a heart that was not right, with God. And so a rebellious heart towards authority is a reflection of rebellion against God. You see, young people, listen, when you rebel against your parents, when you mock your parents, uh, when you speak negatively of your parents, when you're not under the authority of your parents, you are rebelling against God. And uh, likewise, when uh, it's a heart issue, 
See, bad attitudes, disobedience is a reflection of a heart attitude or a heart issue with God. You see, when students or workers have an unsubmissive heart, they're unsubmissive to God. Now, you ask, what if authority is wrong and and authority can be wrong? And I believe here's a, a principle. Ultimately, our authority is God. And we are to obey God. We are to obey the Word of God. If an authority leads you contrary to the Word of God, your ultimate authority is God. You cannot rebel against the Lord. And the example of this in the book of Acts is the apostles were exhorted or commanded not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus. They made the statement, we must obey God rather than men. That's very important. Uh, But it's also very important to have a proper submissive spirit and a proper attitude. Uh, Two of my favorite characters in the Bible are that of Joseph and that of Daniel. And you'll find in both of these cases, they were placed under ungodly authority. But as you read the story of both Joseph and Daniel, they had a submissive spirit. They had a, an excellent spirit, a heart toward God, and God blessed that submissive spirit in their life, and God raised them up in a great and mighty way to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to be a testimony. Now, uh, here's a principle that, that will help you, and I'm so thankful for, for my father. And uh, grew up, and I, I witnessed uh, my father, and he, he was farming in partnership with my granddad. And, and I witnessed the submissive spirit of my father and how my father deferred to my grandfather and learned so very much. And always my father exhorted the, the importance of order. And uh, here's a principle. God is a God of order. And everything that God does, he does it in an orderly fashion. Uh, we'll find of his creation that it is very orderly. Uh, in fact, many of the planets were discovered because of the order of God in the universe. Uh, it's a marvelous uh, thing, the creation. But you'll find a principle here of authority. God has always established authority uh, within the home. God has designed that the husband be under God. And God has designed that the wife would be under the husband. And God has designed that the children would be under the parents. And there is a a principle of authority or a principle of order. Uh, You read through the book of 1 Peter, and you'll find in the book of 1 Peter how God lays out this principle of order and authority. And and God has established in in this universe order and submission uh, to those that he has placed in, in this position. And so here we find of this uh, uh, rebellion, Uh, we see here the attack, it's uh, against authority, but it's against ultimately God. Now, turn your Bible for just a moment to to the book of Isaiah, keep your place in Numbers chapter 16, in the book of Isaiah. Uh, chapter 14, we see here the, the, really the pride of rebellion. And uh, we have in num- uh, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 14, the illustration of the rebellion of Satan. Um, we find when Satan rebelled against God, it was a pride issue. We read here in, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12, the statement, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I, and I've circled this, I will ascend into heaven. I've circled this, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation to the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now this is the rebellion, the pride of Satan. Uh, you'll find when Satan instigated rebellion in the garden, it was a pride issue. And Satan rebel, or uh, uh, Satan uh, deferred to the pride of Eve on that occasion. It was the pride of life. So go back to Numbers chapter 16. When Korah, Dathan, and Abiram rebelled against Moses, it was a pride issue. In verse number 3, and they gathered themselves together, it says, against Moses and against Aaron, and said, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. In other words, they, they were expressing to Moses and Aaron, We want to be on the same level as you. We don't want to be under your authority. They did not recognize Moses and Aaron did not appoint themselves. It was God that appointed them. Uh, by the way, uh, young people, uh, it was God that appointed your parents. Uh, it is God that has ordained government. It is God that has established authority and order in our lives. And so the children of Israel did not recognize a God appointed Aaron and Moses. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 4, No man taketh this honor upon himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Now Numbers chapter 16, look at verse 12. Numbers 16 verse number 12. It reads, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Here, these men responded to Moses, we don't have to obey you. You have exalted yourself. You have put yourself in this position over us. We're just as good as you. We know better than you do. We'll do basically what we want. Now notice also, very interesting, not only the pride of rebellion, but look in verse 14, the blame of rebellion. He says, Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up, they said. And they are blaming Moses for their own failure. They said, Moses, you promised to bring us into the promised land, You've not kept that promise. You didn't bring us into this land. You promised us a land that flows with milk and honey. And here we are wandering in this wilderness. Now why were they wandering in the wilderness? It was their own rebellion. It was their own disobedience. But they blamed Moses. When someone's not right with God, you're going to find in their mind it's the fault of somebody else. And always they point the finger. And usually they'll point the finger at an authority. I didn't finish my schoolwork and it's your fault, teacher. You gave me too much. It's your fault I didn't do my homework. It's your fault, teacher. And blame somebody else. And that's the heart of rebellion. See, when somebody is attacking 
or accusing their authority, you need to be cautious. Because many times those accusations may be the result of rebellion. And so here we have this heart, this game, this rebellious heart of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Now go back to Numbers chapter 16 and look at verse number 4. And how do you respond, parents, to a rebellious spirit? How do you respond as an authority? I want you to notice Moses. And here was a response of humility. Here's this response of, of Moses, a response of humility. And it reads, and when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. Uh, it's evident here, Moses humbled himself. Uh, very clearly, he's praying. Very clearly, he's seeking God. Now, I think a lot of times we, we see rebellion, and, and if we're not careful, we react to that rebellion in a wrong way or with a wrong spirit. And it just stirs up the pot a little bit further. Here they rebelled against Moses and very immediately Moses falls upon his face before God. I believe when somebody rebels against us or there is rebellion in the land ought to be an indication of a need for us to seek God. And so many times God has dealt with my heart. Is my own heart right? Am I right with God? Uh, is uh, my action or my reactions right? What does God want to teach me? No doubt Moses prayed uh, for the rebels. And I believe we ought to pray. When children rebel, we ought to pray. We ought to seek the Lord. And so there's that response of humility. Then look in verse number five. Here was a response uh, of faith. He says in, in verse five, he spake unto Korah, unto all of his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. He said, This dude, take your censers, Korah, and all of his company, and put fire therein, put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. Now, something very important, Moses knew his call. Moses had no doubt. He could go back to Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4 when the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. And when God said, Moses, I want you to go and, and take my people and bring them out of Egypt and bring them into the promised land. And Moses knew that call of God. He knew that God called him. He knew that God had sent him. And he knew that God would, would uphold him. That's very important for any leader. Parents, God has called you to lead your children. Uh, listen close to what, I, what I'm going to say. Parents, you are the boss. Okay, your children are not the boss. You are the boss. Okay, parents, you have a God-given position. Okay, and parents, you don't help your children by letting them rebel or by letting them have a bad attitude. You're not helping your children when you say something like this. I, I told you five minutes ago to take out the trash, now take out the trash. I told you ten minutes ago to take out the trash, now take out the trash. I thought I told you yesterday to take out the trash. You're not helping your children. I said, that's rebellion. And I discovered in raising 
my children. You give a direction. You need to follow through and expect obedience to that direction. And there ought to be consequences for rebellion against that direction. You see, as a parent, I have a God-given position. And I am to take that position. Uh, Andrew can tell you some stories of some times where he wanted to dress a certain way and we said no. Uh, Andrew and I was the boss. I'm in charge. It's going to be the way that God has led. And parents, your children don't need to dictate when they go to bed and when they get up and what they eat. And parents, you dictate that. You teach that. You are in charge. And God has put you in that God-given position. Uh, As a pastor... I have a call. I have a God-given position. As teachers, you have a position, and you ought to expect obedience unto that position. Now, here is a response of faith. Moses knew his God-given call and his God-given position. Now, here's a response also of reasoning. Look in verse number 8. It's Moses' response here to this rebellion. Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray ye, you sons of Levi. Seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to them. He says, And he hath brought you or brought thee near to him and all thy brethren the sons of Levi with thee, and seekest the priesthood also. In other words, here here Moses confronts these men. He says, you have been given a God-given position. You're the sons of Levi. God has put you in a position over this congregation. And he says, uh, you ought to accept that position and thank God for that position and serve in that position faithfully. He's expressing, don't seek a position that God hasn't given you. Don't exalt yourself to a position that God did not intend to you. Accept what God gave to you and serve humbly in that position. That's important for us to understand. It's God that raises up authority. And it's God that puts down authority. When God gives us a position, important to fulfill that position, important to be content with what God has called us to. Uh, we often uh, teach this with our, our Christian school, and one of the, uh, one of the paces that we have uh, that I, I love the story of the pace is that of, of monkey business. And, and this is the way the Lord works. You see, God will give you monkeys. And when God gives you monkeys, you feed the monkeys that God gives you. And you take good care of those monkeys. And if you do a good job taking care of the monkeys that God gives you, God will give you more monkeys. And you take care of the monkeys that God gives you, and and then God gives you more monkeys. And you do a good job with those monkeys, and then God will give you a gorilla. And you take good care of the gorilla that God gives you and feed that gorilla, care for that gorilla. See, that's a principle that God sets forth in his word. So many times we want a position that we've not earned or deserved or been given by God. And we need to work into that position by being faithful with what God has called us to and given for us. Important to understand that principle of God. Let God be the one to give you the gorilla and to raise you up. Now, notice in verse 15 of number 16, here's a response of appeal from Moses. 
as they rebelled, and Moses was very wroth, and I believe this is a righteous anger. And he said unto the Lord, you see, they have attacked the Lord, and Moses recognizes this. He said unto the Lord, respect not thou their offering, I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. See, Moses saw the rebellion, and he turned to God to uphold that authority. He knew it would not be good for Korah, Dathan, and Abiram to receive or to succeed in their rebellion. They're not fighting against Moses. They're fighting against God, and Moses knew that was dangerous. And through the years, I've seen God defend his men, and you'll find this throughout the Word of God. See, when God calls somebody to a position, one rebels against that God-appointed authority, it becomes very dangerous. See, the Word of God expresses this. Ephesians chapter 6. What does God say? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee. And notice, he says, that thou mayest live long upon the earth. Proverbs 30, verse 17, The eye that mocketh his father or despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pluck it out, and young eagles shall eat it. He again is warning, rebellion leads to an early death. Now two principles. For those under authority, it's dangerous to rebel. For those in authority, God will uphold your authority as he has appointed you to that position of authority. Now look on in verse number 21 and and notice in this rebellion the the response of intercession. In verse 21, uh, God said to Moses, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. But notice this in verse 22, and here's the heart of Moses. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, Shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? Do you see this intercession of Moses? God was angry, and Moses prayed. Moses interceded. And Moses, because of the prayer, the intercession of Moses, God spared the congregation as a whole. So here the response of Moses. You know, I've seen people when others have rebelled against them, it's almost like this. You God, just go get them, go kill them, go slay them, get rid of them, get, get, them out, get them out of here. Not the heart of Moses. Moses prayed for God to work and, 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 uh, and spare their, their lives. But we read in the next part of the chapter and we'll... Uh, deal more thoroughly with this, uh, Lord willing, in the next weeks, the righteous judgment of God. God dealt with the rebellion. Uh, look in verse number 31. Dathan and Abiram, their families, were swallowed up in the earth. In verse 31, it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained to Korah and all their goods, uh, they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation and all of Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. Uh, God dealt severely with the the rebellion and the earth uh, clave asunder. And these wicked men and their families were swallowed up in the earth and the children of Israel fled from the presence of them at the cry of these men, these wicked men. And then in verse number 35, it mentions, there came out a fire from the Lord 
and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And so they're consumed in the fire. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. See, God judges rebellion. Now Moses warned, and back up to verse number 23. Moses warned, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the congregation, saying, get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram. The elders of Israel followed him and spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all of their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Let me just uh, close with a thought here tonight. And, and maybe you are being influenced by somebody. You need to be careful. Uh, whether it be at work, whether it be at school, whether it be at home. Young people, you may have some others that are tempting you to rebel against your parents, to go against their direction for your life. You need to be very cautious about that. Uh, speaking negatively of authority, you need to be cautious about that. Mocking your parents, you need to be cautious. Uh, putting down the boss, uh, what did Moses say? He said, get away. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, flee, run. Uh, don't be a part of it. Uh, somebody is putting down an authority, you better depart. Have nothing to do with that. God judges rebellion. So we have here in this chapter the rebellion of key men. The response of Moses and the righteous judgment of God. I'd like our, our heads bowed, eyes closed here for a moment tonight.